flies out of Andy Rodriguez's hand. And no sooner does it do that than he uses the same hand to take off his mask and starts bolting toward the visitor's dugout at Petco Park last night. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also happen to offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Pirates 8, Padres 4. That was a pretty solid all-around performance against an opponent that, yeah, while they've overachieved, they still see themselves as being in the NL West race, and they've certainly spent enough money to get there. But the Pirates just, wow. Four home runs off you, Darvish. Two of them by Carlos Santana. One by Jack Sawinski, who also had a double and a single. Another by Leo Verpaguero, his first in the bigs. And I've said all this without even mentioning Quinn Priester picking up his first big league W going six innings and looking Pretty solid, but maybe most impressively overcoming what looked to be not a great first inning for him. But about this Endy throw, okay? Endy's doing good things at the plate now, having really consistent uh, at-bats. And he's also done well enough uh, behind the plate, whether it's handling pitchers, whether it's that really cool pump-up signal that he sent to David Bednar a couple nights ago in Anaheim. Whatever the case is, whatever the case, Andy totally outdid himself with this. Threw the ball to second base, and the runner, Haseon Kim, who's San Diego's leadoff guy, and had 18 steals in 22 tries, got a really good break to boot. And I'm going to say this once more for effect. Andy throws the ball and takes off the mask, turns to his left, and immediately, I'm talking immediately upon release of the throw, heads to the dugout in a sprint, which means if, for whatever reason, the ball gets dropped, a terrible tag, or, you know, the guy just does what he normally does and beats the throw, you're going to look pretty stupid. Andy did not seem to care much for that scenario. Why? He's a, he's a cocky young man, incredibly likable. So that's not a negative. You'll remember, maybe, some of you have been with me for a while, that I wrote a column two springs ago from Bradenton in which Andy was showing off this new bat that he was going to use in A-ball. And he said to me that it had too much Homer in it. Too much Homer. Like, this could have been his nickname for life if I'd really pushed it. That's who he is. And that's not the only player from whom you've seen this attitude. And that doesn't mean that they're all like that. Uh, it's this generation and they all have to bat flip this and 
uh, celebrate that with the swords and everything. And I know there's a lot of, uh, especially old timers, and I understand that, who aren't going to be particularly fond of it. But the funny thing about it is, if you look at this roster, the guy who's doing the most bat flips is Andrew McCutcheon. And when is he doing them? After walks. He's really, really into the walks. And he does a little bit of a flip. No one minds. No one cares. It's just how baseball is now. Henry Davis, in contrast, is so old school that one of the newest arrivals might as well have been someone born in 1920. I'm not sure that Priester is very different in that regard. Priester, have you noticed anything from him that looks anything like a cocky kid or whatever? No, there's there's nothing there. There's nothing there. But, but the one thing that the younger generation on this team that's already here has and came equipped with, I should stress, confidence. They've believed in themselves for a long time now. That didn't start over the past couple weeks. Andy didn't just all of a sudden come up with some routine for when he throws to second. Piguero's been, he's been one of the more talkative guys in the entire system for a long time now. And the rest of them, again, while not being showboaty or whatever, they have their their own resolve about them. And it was always going to take a little bit of time for them to acclimate, to look around the room, to wonder why nobody's even breathing in there anymore. And just begin to chip away, just make it their own ever so slightly. Here's a little bit of what Piguero had to say after the game last night in San Diego. Yeah, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a rare thing, you know, you don't see that very often, so I feel like um, having that, it makes you um, feel more confident, so it makes you feel like you're more on the, on, the, on the family and stuff like that, so I feel like uh, when you got those people around you, they, they, they're always there for you, so I feel like that, that makes everything a little bit better and a little bit more like you able to feel like Chip away, chip away. Make that what the rest of this season is all about. Look, I, I'm not wild about moving out of Santana. I'm not just saying that because of the two bombs last night. I'm not wild about moving out of Rich Hill or G-Man Choi. I'd like to see the Pirates keep some of their more effective, more productive veterans in play. I think it'll help them off the field and on the field going into 2024. The real crux of what's going to happen over these last two and a half months is a lot of what was seen last night. Sure, great. Carlos hits a couple out. Kutch had some terrific plate appearances, his 10th steal. But you saw the kids coming through again and again and again. That's, That's it. That's it. Believe you me, they will not be surprised when they succeed. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Walter, and he asks, could the Pirates have realistically done something to be more prepared to endure the starting pitching issues this season? They've now gone through 10, if you include Mike Burrows. How many teams could realistically be 10 deep without having complete garbage take the mound? This is one of the better questions I've gotten all season, and I understand why you asked it, because I see that you sent this after the game last night, because Priester comes along as the 10th. Is he the 10th? He might be. Out of all of these pitchers who've come up, and Priester's a first-round pick, and not all that long ago was the number one pitching prospect in the system and one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. And yeah, you're right. That's coming a long way from your Cody Ponce class of starters, not to be mean. But that's what you were seeing again and again from the first couple of years, really even into the third year of the Ben Charrington tenure. Uh, Guys who are just classic 4A types or players that you got in trades that weren't any good like Bryce Wilson, like Will Crow. Uh, that, that's the thing that was just, they were just forfeited games. It certainly felt that way, and then by the end of the day, it actually was that way. So yeah, Walt, if you're asking if there's credit to be due to this front office for having added enough starters, but also groomed enough starters to have overcome very real attrition issues, I was on a trip with the team recently and sitting in a dugout with a team official, and, and they asked me why it it seemed like nobody was really even talking about all of the right-handed starters that they lost to injury. You, know, you mentioned Burroughs. He would have been up here. Unquestionably would have been up here. Max Cranick would have been up here. Tommy John surgery. JT Brubaker Probably would have been in the rotation all season. Tommy John. Vince Velasquez. Terrific start for the Pirates this season. Tommy John. That's five right-handed starters, any of whom could have been in the rotation and not surprised anyone by being there. Just gone like that. So I'll give credit. For the depth, for the development, but I'm not going to take it too far. Because even as I'm saying this, Rowanzi Contreras and Luis Ortiz took significant backward strides, especially 
Contreras this year. That wasn't to injury. That wasn't something that would have been uncontrollable. But hey, I guess your point is kind of fortified in the sense that that's now seven right-handed guys that you don't have available. The bigger credit for me goes to the pitchers who've compensated. Mitch Keller, I know he hasn't had a great month, but if you look at Keller's overall season, what he's contributed has been quite a lot. Not very many saw Hill as a guy who at age 43 was going to be able to just keep going out there and taking the ball. But he's done that. He's done that. That's made a difference. And another guy that I I really don't want to omit here is Johan Oviedo. You want to talk about a a player that almost nobody mentions, even on the nights that he's pitching. It's kind of like he's just this big afterthought. This is a player who, when the Pirates got him from the Cardinals, was pitching out of the bullpen in St. Louis, mostly because the Cardinals weren't really sure what they had, but also partly because the Cardinals were in a pennant chase, as they usually are most years, and just couldn't risk having an experiment in the rotation at that time. Well, Oviedo's had his ups and downs, especially as it relates to the first inning, but Oviedo has been, he's been really, really good at times, like spooky good. And still nobody ever mentions the guy. I think there might be something there. Now, the fun thing to consider, Walt, is what happens when, you know, all these guys are available, right? I mean, think about the numbers that are involved, about the depth. Even if you don't have someone like a Velasquez coming back with the team next season, obviously he's going to be a free agent this winter. Between those injured guys coming back and at least one of the Tommy John people, Kranich should be back in action before long. You're going to have a whole lot of depth, but especially, especially if you can get Contreras and Ortiz straightened out. I appreciate the question. Again, it was a really good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pires. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.